Amidst the tragedy of the Russian invasion on Ukraine, stories of people offering to help in whatever way they can are emerging too. There are, for example, those that have offered to try and get people out of Ukraine in whatever way they are able to. Simon Evans booked a flight, flew into Krakow, drove to a hotel 40 miles from the Ukraine border and started helping people drive across the border. A young mum, her two-year-old boy, the grand from north of Kiev, a lone woman and her son. With us is Simon Evans. He's back in Birmingham for the meantime. And Simon, I just want to say it's around quarter past 3 a.m. there. I really appreciate you getting up for us to talk to us here on the panel in New Zealand. G'day, kia ora, hello. Um, It's the middle of the night and it's great to talk to you. Lovely to have you on, Simon. I know that you have connections here. Your, Your whanau's here. Tell us what you have been doing. Um, well, I, I, I was listening to the radio about uh, just under two weeks ago, and um, I, I heard about a guy from Somerset, which is in the west, west of England, um, and he's a trainee lorry driver, and he was out in Poland on the border of Ukraine, and he was helping drive uh, families uh, coming across, women and children mainly, uh, from Ukraine. He was helping drive them to where they need to be, to, to friends, actions, wherever. He was just driving them. And I thought, I can do that. And before I knew it, I'd booked a flight from Birmingham to Krakow, um, capital of Poland. It's only two hours away. Um, and then I booked a hotel and I booked a high car. And then I thought, well, I, I better ask some friends and family for money um, so I can fuel the car and maybe give some cash to the people I help. Um so uh, pretty soon I had two £2,000 sitting in my account because people are generous. And I don't know what the conversion rate is but to end their dollars, but it's enough to, do, to, 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 to be getting on with. So anyway, had that money, and then I was on the plane. And I was thinking, well, blimey, I'm just I'm tr- tracking off 100 miles in a car on the right-hand side of the road, um, which is different. Um, you usually drive on the left. And, um, and pretty soon I was at the border on the Saturday morning, um, and the first people I saw was, as you say, this granny, mum and two-year-old with a little dog and a cat and not much else. And I said, can I help? And the, the, I spoke no Ukrainian, but the, the, the mum spoke a little bit of broken English. And um, 10 minutes after that, I'd managed to call one of their relatives in a place called Poznan, northern Germany. That was 10 hours away. I said, I can't drive that far, but I can drive halfway. And, and that's what we agreed. And I drove to a train station, put them on the train, and and they were on their way. And they made it to safety with their, I think it was the, the young mum's cousin that evening. And then that was uh, Saturday. Then I drove back to my hotel, uh, which is 200 miles away. It's a long, long day. But um, then I got my head down and thought, right, well, I'll, I'll go back to the border the following, following morning. Mm-hmm. Another person you helped was uh, a young woman, Natalie, 23, and her dog from southern southern Ukraine, and you chatted as you drove, and yeah, I mean, the stories were just terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 that's the thing about these people. Look, I, I, I in total, I'm, I, I mean, I spent the weekend there. I, I helped... The, the, the first family on day one, and I helped another family on day two, the morning of day two, which was the Sunday. I took them a very short distance to connect with some Germans who were on the border 
giving vital supplies to a Ukrainian planning to drive back into, into Kyiv. So if you're looking for someone brave, look at someone like that. Um, and then the next, per- yeah, then I drove back to a place called Premizel, and, and that's not how you pronounce it, by the way. I don't really know how to pronounce the Polish names, but, but that's what it looks like. It's very near the border, and there's an aid centre there. Uh, and, um, yeah, the second person I took was Natalie, and she was on her own. And, and, and obviously people there, the volunteers there, were very concerned that, you know, a lone female was looked after because there's some pretty sketchy characters um, in that part of the world, sadly sex traffickers and the like so I assured them that I wasn't there to to do any of that stuff I just wanted to help so she was in my car her little dog and we had a, a chat and you're going to have to forgive me if I get emotional here but we were driving along and I said why why are you on your own and she said she said my mum who's um, in a city of a few hours in the south of the country my mum didn't want to leave my dad because uh he he had to stay and fight, and my sister didn't want to leave either. And my grand was too ill to make the trip, so my mum persuaded me to go alone because her boyfriend was out in Italy at the start of the conflict, and and she wanted to, she, her plan is to join her her boyfriend in a place called Katowice, where they've, she's got a friend, and and I drove her the two hundred miles to Katowice, but she started crying and just saying look, I, it was an impossible choice and. This was all via Google Translate and everything, but it was really clear. And, and then I started. I've been, I've been doing a lot of blubbing these last few days. But we were driving along. Just, it was just really horrible. But I, I mean, I was pleased I could help her. And, and then she, very movingly, um, later on that evening, when she was just in the safety of her friend's house in Katowice, um, she sent me a, 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 a text message and just said, "Thank you so much again." For a few hours there, it felt like I had a normal life. Um, and, oh, yeah, I just was pleased to have helped and sad I couldn't stay on to do more. Simon, we we have a panel with us, uh, and uh, they can jump in as well. Anna. Well, Simon, uh, thank you so much for sharing sharing these stories. And, um, oof, the, um, yeah, it's quite hard to know what to say, really. And, I mean, did you ever think that you would be in this situation as a, as a, as a kind of an angel, really, for these people? Um, that's very kind of you to describe me in that way. But, um, no, I didn't, because I never thought someone as, as evil as Putin would actually act on his um, evil thoughts. I mean, it, it's, it's completely absurd. There was a war a world war which centred around Europe, uh, you know, in 1940 to 1945, and, and everyone sort of thought, well, that's, that's never going to happen again. But, but Putin has sadly changed all that. So never in a million years did I, I think anyone think there was going to be war on European soil again. But um, as for my trip out to Poland last weekend... You know, it was an impulsive decision. I booked the flights and I told people I was going to go and help um, so that I couldn't mm. back out. And then all of a sudden I was there. So, no, it's very unexpected and it kind of feels quite surreal that I even did it. But um, it was definitely the right thing to do. And now I know what to do. Depending on how long this conflict goes on, I'd definitely go out again because it's the easiest thing in the world to do. All I was doing was doing some very sort of easy things, which was booking a hotel, booking a flight, booking a hire car, um, and offering some lifts on 
peaceful soil. Yes, it's next to a war zone, but Poland is not a war zone. Um, and it, it, it just was the least I could do, really. Uh, Mark, let's bring you in. Yeah, Simon, you are amazing, mate. And I just honestly got a bit choked up myself listening to you. Um, so it must, you said the word yourself, surreal, because I think this must be the most publicised conflict we've seen. It's on social media. It's across every channel, every media platform you can think of. How does it feel for you sort of to go, to get so close to it and then go back to life? It's, it must just feel quite hard to reconcile in your head that, you know, life is normal in, for most parts of the world, and yet that's still going on. It just, it just, seemed, it just seems so surreal that that's what's happening. And um, I don't know, but I mean, good on you for doing what you've done. It's amazing. And I just think we sort of feel so helpless, uh, especially down here yeah, in, in New Zealand, so far away. I think that, that's a good point. I mean, I did... I did feel like, um, you know, I was pleased to help. It was a mixture of emotions on the way back. Because I, I arrived back in Birmingham. I live in a place called Solihull. It's all very nice. And I was, as I, as I, as I came back um, from the airport, it's only six miles from my house. So I was, back in, I was back in my house by lunchtime on Monday. I saw, um, I saw a local council guy hoovering the roundabouts, right? Not lovely sunny day. He was hoovering up the leaves on the roundabout. And I thought, you know, it's a really good thing to do. Why not? But there's a war, you know, 1,400 miles away or however far um, Ukraine is, there's a, the kids being bombed, the buildings, the houses. And it just seems so, so bizarre that this is this is happening so you're right it, and, and i did think oh man it, it, uh, we are so privileged we don't realize how lucky we are you know we're worrying we, we get stressed if we lose mobile phone coverage but these people are <laughs> literally fleeing for their lives their men are staying behind to fight and, and i just yeah i mean i felt glad i could get out there and help and hear a few of the stories but one thing that struck me the ukrainian people are brave they are tell you what yeah there's some brave people in New Zealand, no doubt. Some, some, some you know, it's a land of rugby union and 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 big hits and get, getting at the bottom of rucks and all that good stuff. But you speak to these Ukrainians and you you'll find bravery and and sort of courage on a whole new level. These these men are staying to fight. Uh, they're fighting a force which is bigger than them. But but Putin is is he he, he he's got more than he's bargained for here. These people are. And he's asking China for help. He, he's he's got a lot on his hands. And these women, my goodness, they were there was not an ounce of self pity. They were kind. They were dignified. But I just thought to myself, I'm so glad to have had some time with these people because it really made me think. Well, I'm, not, I'm I'm going to try and be more like them in the future. Simon, Simon people are uh, coming through and uh, just wanting to sort of respond to you, uh, Wallace. I don't know who the guy is, but please say. Uh, Thank you for helping. Uh, Mark in Christchurch says, Wallace, uh, say thank you to Simon. Lyndon says, um, good on you, Simon. I wish I was able to help uh, in the way that you were doing. So, um, Simon, uh, kia ora. Uh, I know that your whānau might be listening here as well. Thank you for being with us on uh, the panel here on Radio New Zealand. Yeah, Amazing. thanks for having me. And it's my mum out in Palmy, actually. So, uh, oh. hello, mum. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for having me. And please... People in New Zealand, I'm sure that you're feeling um, like you want to help. Just give to um, organisations like the Red Cross. That's the best thing you can possibly do. I know it's it's frustrating, but I know you probably all want to fly over there and 
and, and help. But um, right. you know, it's certainly not possible. But there are people out there helping. So thank you for having me. Thanks for getting, thanks for getting up early, Simon. Thank you. All right, uh, that is sir. Simon Evans there. Who? Uh, well, you heard the story there. Um, it's. Oh, what, what do you say, Anna? It's quite something. Oh, oh it's yeah, very. very uh, I know. I'm speechless, really. Uh, mm. And it's so hard to when it's so abstract, scrolling through your phone um, from yeah. a distance. Yes. And um, yeah, no, it's incredible that he did that. Uh, meanwhile, so a lot of responses coming surreal. back. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, Mark, you were going to say. It is, it's just so surreal, isn't it? That, you know, it's just, it's all going on and, and our lives continue as normal. And you sort of feel so helpless because, you know, people's lives being ripped apart. Um, and, you know, I, I read something on Twitter, I think earlier today, and there's a woman saying I was at school with my kids two weeks ago and now I'm fighting to save, uh, fighting for my life, trying to escape my city. And it's just like, it's just bizarre oh. to reconcile in your brain how that can happen, you know? Hmm. Really bad. <laughs>